This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome in to the Action Line from WGNS. This morning we are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. Our city manager, Craig Tyndall, is with us this morning. Craig, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to have you with us on this uh, pleasant day so far. <laughs> so far. It's good to be here. <laughs> Looks like a few storms might be coming throughout the rest of the day. It does. But uh, be prepared for that, and uh, hopefully we'll make it through it without any problems. A lot going on in our city. Uh, one of the big things coming up, I, I guess it's big if, if you like these things, the fireworks display coming up on the 4th of July. Right. And the city's doing it a new way this year. We're doing a little different this year. Um, we aren't uh, going to do our normal gathering at uh, McKnight Park um, uh, for obvious reasons to address our, our uh, coronavirus issue. And, but we are still going to uh, set off the fireworks and have a celebration of, uh, of, of America. Um, right, uh, the plan right now is for those to go off on um, Medical Center across from the uh, fountains there in that large open field. Uh, and uh, you know, we'd encourage everyone to come out and watch that, you know, social distance, and uh, um, uh, just uh, enjoy the fireworks that are going to go off that evening. I don't know the time. I was trying to... 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Thank you, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> 9 o'clock. Um, I know that uh, Nate Williams, our parks director, has that uh, well under control. So those, uh, those should be nice this year, and um, we're looking forward to that. And you can see them from all around. You can. Uh, they're going to talk with the folks who are shooting them off, and they're going to be high-altitude fireworks, so you right. don't have to be right up on them. Right. And if you are close by and you're thinking, I can't hear the PA system, because there is going to be a, uh, a lot of conversation, some interesting conversation about what's going on, mm-hmm. plus the fireworks will be set to music, and you're thinking, I can't hear it. I, I, I'm outside the car. I don't hear it. Where's the PA system? There is not a PA system. No PA system. No, no PA system. No, but you have to turn the radio on, right, you're and then again. you'll hear what's happening starting at 7 o'clock that night. A right. uh, whole lot of interesting things that will be there, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially as the fireworks get ready. Brian is going to be – We might. Show, can you connect a person to the fireworks and, and let Brian go up and, and take pictures <laughs> while he's up? Well, that would be interesting, right? <laughs> it would be interesting. <laughs> People could submit their lists of who yeah. they might want to put up put up on a fireworks. Wave at Brian as, yeah. as he takes a, a night flight. <laughs> okay, so that's the 4th of July, which is this Saturday. And, uh, you know, just park anywhere in the area. You can right. park uh, well, just uh, parking lots that are open. If, if they're closed parking lots, I'm guessing they will 
have a notice on that. Yeah, they'll probably put up signs. So be aware of that and, and you know, do nice things to folks. Uh, the uh, island, the Gateway Island, good place to see it. Very easy to see it from there. A lot of uh, parking. Of course, a lot of open space. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Right. Uh, so check that out. Uh, just all around some of the shopping centers, uh, some of the streets. Uh, don't don't park on a busy street. No, no. I'm, I mean some of those side streets that don't have any cars on them. Yeah, you need to be careful and respectful in uh, in parking. Yeah, very definitely. So that's coming up this Saturday. On our news this morning, we heard that today is more than likely the day that the city of Murfreesboro signs the papers with. Murphy's with Middle Tennessee Electric. That's true. Um, we're looking forward today to, to closing that transaction. We received uh, a couple of weeks ago the approval from the TVA. Um, needed to do a little bit of work on that. And so uh, today we'll, we'll sign the documents. It'll be a transition uh, for the next uh, few months. Uh, but even to uh, close the, uh, the transaction itself, there'll be uh, a few, few days to get a transaction that size closed. Uh, from the consumer standpoint, they won't see much of a change at all for quite some time. Um, the, the same rates will be in effect. Um, they may say they may see uh, in short order some change to their billing statements, um, if the, a new name on it. Uh, but uh, the former electric department customers will be will be served by Middle Tennessee Electric. Now, in addition to that transition, there also is the new fiscal year beginning tomorrow. Right, right. <laughs> That's our always new exciting. Starts tomorrow. <laughs> That's true. We uh, we uh, pass our budget uh, in June, and it starts uh, July the first. So this year we were very careful. Of course, uh, we uh, are, are still monitoring the economic uh, impact of uh, the last few months. So uh, people don't don't always realize that uh, our our budget is um, our, our numbers as far as uh, our our revenue, our uh, tax revenues that come in. Uh, is about delayed. Is delayed by about two months, so we're always a two months behind in what we're what we're tracking. So, uh, for the for example, just uh, the end of this month, we we found out what April looked like on our tax revenues, both from the state and uh, local tax revenues, and so we won't really know the full effect of this until um, uh, July or August, and we uh, we set our budget uh, to to accommodate that and uh, to take a look with uh, council in the September-October time frame when we get uh, more numbers in to see what the the impact is and then make the necessary adjustments that we'll need to make going forward. Are you noticing a dramatic decline, or was it about where you thought it would be? Um, I guess it depends on your perspective. Um, if you're very pessimistic and you looked at the numbers that came in for April, then you were probably happy, but uh, they were down uh, relative to last year and relative to our budget for for this year. Uh, but they weren't down quite as much as, as uh, we thought might be possible. One of the tricks of budgeting is to, if you, if you want to be conservative, is you are somewhat pe- pessimistic on your revenues and uh, very careful on your uh, expenditures. So um, it, uh, we weren't uh, ex- extremely panicked when we saw April's, April's numbers, but uh, they, were, they were down. As we look ahead with the coronavirus, the COVID-19, mm-hmm. uh, our numbers are going up. Well, Rutherford County's numbers are going up. Uh, do you foresee the city needing to do more? I know the mayor is talking tonight at 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. and we'll have that here on WGNS. But uh, are you are you seeing any need for dramatic 
changes in what we're doing? Well, there's lots of different numbers that are important when you look at uh, the coronavirus, and uh, the state tracks uh, a lot of different indicators which are important when you make um, public policy decisions from the standpoint of health. So um, just looking at the case numbers does not tell you the story that you really need to know in in how you're going to react to uh, uh, to the situation. So we we are tracking that. It's it's important also for for people to understand that um, uh, the city the city doesn't do public health. It's not part of our charter. So the county has a health department, but the county health department um, is is under the state's department of health. So we don't have an independent uh, county health department. Only eight counties in the state do. So we take our direction from um, the uh, Department of Health at the state level. And uh, so whenever they issue um, their um, requirements, uh, we'll follow those and, and we'll take our clues from those. And we you know, obviously are tracking very closely. Our, our county health department does a great job. Uh, they work very hard to provide the data to the state, provide the input that they need so that we can react uh, the best way that we can. But um, Right now, from what we're seeing, uh, we haven't seen dramatic increases. I know there's been a lot of uh, discussion about uh, just case numbers, but you really have to analyze what those case numbers mean. And and we, like a lot of other places, are seeing uh, increases, but increases in in a population base that can handle the uh, coronavirus very well, have have proven to be able to handle it very well. Our hospitalizations and our our uh, numbers of unfortunate deaths have not gone up uh, dramatically at all. Um, and so those are the kind of numbers you really have to watch um, when you're making decisions on, on uh, what to do about the, the situation. Those are good things to keep in mind. And I, I guess one thing we had not had in our mind uh, prior to this COVID-19 was the fact that uh, we have a separate health department, unlike some of the other cities, and uh, because it never came up before. <laughs> right, right. It, it didn't. And, we, you know, we had a lot of communications from from uh, from our citizens about what should or shouldn't be done. And, uh, of course, you know, we welcome those. We, we like to hear um, from from our citizenry. But, uh, it's you know, our, our response is we can only we can only do so much. Um, you know, we we have to turn to the state and see what the state's going to do uh, before we can go too far. And that's just the way it's structured, and it's the way it's always been structured. Um, how did those other, what is it, six cities, uh, how did they uh, get this other, their own health department? And uh, is there an advantage? Some some are metro areas, so, you know, Davidson uh, County um, and National Metro is its own. Memphis, I don't remember all of them. Um, if you look at the... Yeah, some of them are, not, are sort of, you know, different. Some One of the right. tri-cities. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the list, you can't say, well, it's just based on population because there's some smaller populations in there, and and uh, I don't know the origin of that. Um, it's it's just the way that it is right <laughs> it now. Just, yeah. Um, and whether there's an advantage to it or disadvantage, I, I'm not too sure. Um, but uh, I think so far we've we've been able to respond uh, quite well. Um, our, our number, we talk about cases and and um, in the situation right now. If you look at active cases in Rutherford County, and and active cases are cases that are tested positive or are probable so you've you've come in you've gotten a test and you have some symptoms you know which isn't all everybody that comes in and has tests but um, some indication that there is uh, probability 
and and the correlation between probables and and confirms I, I, I don't recall but uh, there is some some difference there some variance there but uh, but if you take total active cases right now what you have to remember is that you know 99.6 percent of the people in Rutherford County right now aren't affected by um, this uh, coronavirus directly so um, that's that's one one number that uh, I think people need to keep in mind is that um, there is a large uh, portion of our population that right now haven't uh, haven't proven to be symptomatic, haven't been tested positive. Uh, so we need to be careful. We need to follow what's required. Um, but from a public policy health standpoint, um, we're starting to identify those those uh, um, populations that are most at risk, and we want to obviously take care of those as best as we possibly can and be very careful with that. We want to take personal responsibility for uh, how we interact with each other and follow the guidelines that are that are being put out there. Um, but we do need to, uh, I think, maintain perspective as far as the numbers is concerned and, and uh, some of the decisions that, that are being made to keep that, uh, keep that perspective in mind. And I noticed that uh, we are continuing to have some drive-through testing of the coronavirus at the Rutherford County Health Department. Right. I don't think they're swamped no. uh, with, because I see this uh, uh, two or three people sitting under tents waiting patiently for people to come by. Right. And so uh, if, if you're concerned, uh, the best way to go is just over there uh, to the health department. Exactly. And you don't have to get out of your car or anything. Right. We have a question about uh, the merger between the electric department and Middle Tennessee Electric. This person asks, will the new customers, the Murfreesboro Electric customers, who will be transitioning to Middle Tennessee Electric, Will they have to pay a membership fee, just as I did? I mean, this is them saying it, just as I did. Uh, also, if new customers will be automatically enrolled in the Roundup program. And I'm not sure what the Roundup program is. Unfortunately, neither am I. I I'm not sure what the Roundup program uh, is. No, the, uh, the transaction is structured so the electric department customers that are coming in aren't paying a membership fee. Um, and uh, how that works, you know, really falls to, to Middle Tennessee Electric. And uh, they're, they're obviously an extremely well-run organization. And, and uh, if whoever is asking the questions wants to call their customer service, I'm sure that they would be able to, to answer that question uh, directly. But uh, there is no membership fee for customers transitioning from the electric department to Middle Tennessee Electric into the co-op. And unfortunately, Roundup, I'm, I'm at a loss. I don't know what that is. If somebody from well, uh, you know, the electric department is listening, call us and tell us what Roundup is. I, I, it may be, uh, and I, I, now that you mention it, um, that you have the ability to round uh, on your bill oh, to round okay. the cents up. Okay. And then that would go towards, uh, I, I, I believe it goes to a Middle Tennessee's charity that they have. That's right. I know they do give checks to nonprofits on right. a regular basis. Yeah, I think that's the Roundup program. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think there's any difference in how that will be handled. Uh, now, there'll be a period of time where they transition in the building systems and, and how they bill and how the bills come out. So um, there may be a period of time, but it, uh, from what I understand, uh, those programs don't change. And so electric department customers would have the ability to participate in the Roundup program, which is an excellent program. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Uh, good, Bart. That is what the Roundup program is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So, mm -hmm. uh, 
What is the TV channel for City with, uh, with Comcast that the mayor will be on tonight? Channel 3. three. Yeah. Channel 3. Ch- channel 3? Uh-huh. And, and Facebook Live uh, as well. I don't have Facebook. I watch TV. Okay, thank you. <laughs> sure thing. And, of course, you can hear it uh, here on the radio, too. Yeah. You won't see him very well, right. but uh, but you can hear him. <laughs> Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Craig Tyndall. How are you today? Fine. My question is, I'm a member of the Murphy American, and I have my account on automatic draft. Will it switch over, or will I have to do a new, initiate a new draft? That's a good question. What, what it's a good question. It's a it's a pretty technical question. Uh, probably not at my level. There's people that are a lot smarter that, that that handle those things. I believe, though, my understanding is that they're working very very hard to integrate the system so that they'll it'll be as seamless as possible for uh, the customers that transition over. Um, so uh, I don't know the answer to that question specifically. They, it won't happen immediately. It's not going to happen tomorrow. The billing systems, from what I understand, will run parallel and, and communicate with each other for. For a period of time, so there'll be there'll be notices coming out if if anything needs to be done or changed. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be too concerned right now that you'll you'll gain some information. Or if it doesn't change, I suppose they, they don't have to bother you with that. Well, I tell you what, we're, we'll get some folks from Murfreesboro Electric uh, on the radio with us for a, a full hour, and uh, we'll we'll find out the answers, and you can call and talk with them. Good deal. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have a great day. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. If you have a question or a comment this morning, 615-893-1450. And uh, I, I, we have a question, a text message here. Will the funds that the city of Murfreesboro is getting uh, from the sale of the electric department, will that enable us to move the city forward even more? And if so, how? Well, that's an excellent question, and we, we the answer the short answer is yes, it will. It'll do a substantial amount for the city as we move forward. And how we're going to handle that, uh, council has uh, indicated a desire to start that discussion in July. It'll it'll take a, a, a period of time uh, to really make the final determination of how we're going to handle the funds that they come in. Um, the funds don't come in all at once. There's uh, there's uh, an amount at closing, and then uh, the period of years where uh, the funds do come in. Uh, Council has expressed a desire that that go to capital improvements. Um, so the city, just to remind folks, the city works on really two budgets. So I have the operating budget, and that's generally supported by tax dollars and fees, sales tax, property tax, and fees. And then the uh, capital improvement budget, or what we call the uh, community investment program. Uh, the CIP for short, uh, and that's a separate budget, and it's generally funded by by debt. And so, what council has indicated is to take the funds that come in from Middle Tennessee and apply that towards the CIP budget and capital improvements, which are long-term investments into the community that help us over many, many decades. So, some of those that are on the horizon that have been talked about mm-hmm. are the bridges. Uh, two bridges over the Stones River, one at Northfield, the other one over near the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center. Mm-hmm. Those are city projects. And then uh, I guess city and state are working together on Cherry the expansion Lane. of Cherry Lane. Yeah. Cherry Lane uh, is is a project. So there's, uh, there's Is project. that all city or mostly city? Cherry Lane. Mm-hmm. No, there'll be federal funds in Cherry Lane, It, it inter- uh, particularly with respect to the intersection uh, with the uh, 840, 840 mm-hmm. right, um, the, the uh, highway intersection there. So um, 
So there'll be federal funds and state funds involved in a roadway of that size. There generally is, uh, and it's a good way to, to um, for us to contribute towards that, to leverage that project to get it done a lot quicker than it would otherwise. We have a lot of state highways that run through our city, so what we have to, we have to work very closely with TDOT. And one of the ways to make sure that we can prioritize and keep up with our roadway projects is for the city to contribute funds into it. So that does give us the ability to to do that um, and, and really improve our transportation infrastructure. And then there's there's other projects that, um, uh, from an economic development standpoint and what we can do uh, that increase job opportunities within the city, um, you know, and of course, tax revenues, which keep property and sales tax at, at, a, at a manageable amount and those kind of things going forward. The two r- bridges over the river, over the Stones River, uh, both, I guess, uh, have a lot to do with, with business in the community. Mm-hmm. One of them takes it uh, on over to the Racket Club uh, in that area, but it also connects both sides of the interstate with the new development where Costco and right. quite a few other stores are located. Yeah, the both. other one is, well, let's finish that one then. Yeah, uh, those are those are major projects. When you talk about going over a... Um, uh, an interstate. Uh, those are those are major projects, and um, uh, sometimes people don't realize how far away from the interstate you have to be in order to have the grade uh, be appropriate for trucks and cars to go to go across and uh, to to get the height over the uh, uh, the interstate that you need. So those are major road projects, even if you're talking about a two lane road. And I don't believe we are. I think it's a, it's larger than that, but. Um, uh, anytime you, you engage in those kind of things, it takes quite a while just from an engineering standpoint, a planning standpoint, accumulating the necessary land, which is a, a big part of it because you have to go uh, quite a distance to, to accumulate the land that you need uh, and then to make the appropriate interchanges onto that roadway from existing roadways. Uh, so there's a quite a bit of work that goes into those, and it takes quite a few years. Um, once you get it on your books and you have a targeted deadline to get it done, then you have to, again, go back to TDOT and to the federal government, because those are federal highways, uh, and work with them to get the permission that you need, and then you start uh, your engineering work and accumulating the land, and so it's it's a big project, and if you're talking about coming over uh, the freeway and, and ending your road and, and, and taking care of the footprint that you need in an area that's urbanized or, or developed, that has residential or has businesses in there, you know, it adds a lot of complexity because of what you can do to, to disrupt the existing situation. Uh, you have to be very careful of that. Um, but it is one thing that we want to address in our transportation, and it's been on our transportation plan for quite a while. Which do you think we will see first, the one that goes over by the jail or the one that uh, is over by Vanderbilt Children's Hospital? Um, I, The one that uh, probably would alleviate uh, the traffic the most that w- the, the greatest need right now and, and there'll be you know the, there's no exacting measures for that so people will say no I'm on the north side and I think differently I think it's the one that that would go off uh, of uh, uh, around around the county jail uh, around the, in that area um, I fr- there's a name there's a name that our transportation engineers use for that and I and I can't remember what it is but um, that would probably be the one that would have the highest priority before we get back to the one on Northfield. Now, Northfield's an interesting one because you have to bridge a river and railroad tracks. You don't have to go over an interstate, uh, but you have to go over uh, two very substantial um, uh, features that, that uh, you, you can't disrupt 
uh, while you're building either. Uh, so they, they, again, take a lot of effort and a lot of time to be able to uh, plan that out and make sure that you're, you're doing the right thing and to consider alternatives, whether they're, you know, this, you know are you actually going to do the, build the bridge and extend the roadways? And, and uh, as you plan these things in their 10- and 15-year plans, in 10 or 15 years, things can change. Traffic pa- patterns can change. Businesses can end up in different places than what you would think are business centers, concentrations. Um, and so you, you, it's a dynamic decision that happens over a period of time. So we'll do our, our uh, 2040 transportation plan, but you can see that's a 20-year plan, and a lot changes in that 20 years. So uh, any plan that is for that period of time um, is, is dynamic and subject to, to adjustments and changes and, and sometimes just replanning. And that particular bridge, I guess you could refer to that as an extension of Northfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, if when Northfield was originally built, they were talking about it circling the city. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to ever happen. Uh, I, I can't picture how you would keep going because there's too many new things. Like you say, things mm-hmm. change right. while you're uh, in the process of creating them. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather, and those are always changing. Stay with us. Much more to come. Craig Tyndall is with us. If you have a question for him, you can text it to us, 615-893-1450. Text it to us now if you would. But it needs to deal with the city of Murfreesboro. Now, more than ever, start your mornings with WGNS. The Action Line with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings at 810 on WGNS AM, FM, online. Schedule online, anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthCare.com. If I could talk to the animals. Here at Animal City, we have a variety of products to suit almost any pet, including premium foods, toys, and habitat accessories. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Here at Animal City, we are happy to be here to help you take care of your pets. We are well stocked with a variety of enrichment items for your pet, including toys and treats to keep them entertained. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having, but at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. 
Good morning. Traffic still moving right along here on 24 through the Hickory Hollow area as you continue towards Nashville. Quite a bit of traffic volume out here in the normal spots down sections of Middle Tennessee Boulevard. No surprise there to see it's still busy on 840 headed over towards Franklin, Williamson County. A bar's Music City Soul Food is now open behind the Bank of America on Nolensville Pike at OHB in Nashville. Log on to barsmusiccitysoulfood.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Thank you, Chuck. What about the Murfreesboro weather? Brought to you by First National Bank of Murfreesboro. Few scattered showers and storms this afternoon with partial sunshine developing in a high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the southwest around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. COVID 19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. We want to help you and our staff stay healthy and safe. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry. And that's why we're here encouraging the use of digital products in our drive-up windows. Call First National Bank of Murfreesboro first. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard. Member FDIC. Sometimes strange things can happen. Coast to coast, all night, every night. There's really no reason to be afraid. On WTNS AM FM online. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Send us a text if you have a question for Craig Tindall, our Murfreesboro City Manager. He's our guest this morning, and we're focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. 615-893-1450. The winner of the goodies from Simply Pure Sweets Bakery and Cafe is Kimberly Duggan Largent. Happy birthday to you, Kimberly. And our good neighbor today is Chris Dittman. Chris Dittman will receive flowers from all the friends over there at Ryan's Flowers Coffee and Gifts, Jenny Harris and the whole family over there. And if you'd like to lift someone's spirits, send them some goodies from Ryan's Flowers Coffee and Gifts at 117 South Academy Street. If you have a question this morning dealing with the city of Murfreesboro, The number to call, 615-893-1450. And here's a text question from a listener who says that they live about three blocks away from where the old First Methodist Church was up on uh, South, or rather North Church Street is. They have South Church, but it's North Church and uh, College. And they've been watching and waiting for it to uh, start transform into the new hotel and other areas, but they're not seeing anything happening. What's what's the story there? Well, what they're not seeing is is the very hard work that the development group is putting in right now to um, to design the project. They they they're going uh, very deep into design right now with our our planning director. So uh, that there's a lot of work uh, being done on that. The uh, the other thing that uh, is is occurring is that we are adjusted. We're out of necessity having to adjust the schedule somewhat, and we're still working on that. And some of that depends on the plans that are being developed. But we're we're still working on the uh, the uh, the uh, the pandemic has disrupted the financial markets to a certain extent. Particularly, you know, there's a hotel involved with that, and it had a real effect on the uh, hospitality industry. And so, um, the financial industry reacts to that. So. The uh, the developers are, are working um, working hard to make sure that their financing is all into place and, and, they're, and they're ready to go. Um, some delay 
will be caused uh, without question because of, of the situation that occurred with the pandemic. Um, but we got uh, indication, I'm going to say late last week, if I remember right, that uh, they're progressing nicely on that front, on the financial front. They feel very confident about uh, being able to put that back into place in a real quick time frame. And, um, and so we hope that that continues. But in the meantime, they are uh, doing their engineering work and their um, uh, design work, their architectural work on that project. And uh, we're very, very pleased. And they've been a great partner working with the city so far. Here's a question dealing with another project. <laughs> One question brings on another. Yeah. Uh, and this was uh, dealing with the area uh, down around the bottoms. The bottoms project, which had a lot of support from the community initially. Uh, but it looks as if, based on the last time I think this question came up on the radio, uh, there had not been much uh, involvement in developers checking about buying land or developing land uh, is that still pretty much the same it's uh right now it's the same and there's there's no project specifically slated we do have our um our our study of that area that uh targets that as a as a redevelopment area there's lots of individual parcels in there so uh what that means from a development standpoint is quite a bit of work and quite a bit of time to accumulate parcels large enough to do something significant in there from an economic development standpoint. It is it is a focus uh, for the city and, and one that we want to uh, continue to, to make sure that we, we pay attention to. Uh, like everything else, um, you know, things have slowed down for since, I'd, I'd say since March, really, when, when everybody uh, really kind of backed off a lot of uh, discussions and planning on, on larger economic development projects, uh, waiting to see how long this lasts and, and uh, when to come out of it. Uh, those are being reengaged, and people are, are now talking about projects. It, you know, it needs to be the right project in there. The city uh, is planning on some investment in there to, to improve uh, the, uh, the area and uh, make it much more attractive to development. I'm, I'm talking about infrastructure development, so streetscapes and, and entries and exits. We do need to address the uh, uh, that um, front street uh, as it goes back into the bottoms area so we'll, we'll continue that'll be part of our community investment program that i mentioned before um so making that investment in there is something that, that we're looking forward to doing so on the front street are you going to be aligning it more with uh with some of the other areas to make it a little smoother transition or Right. Uh, smoother transition, uh, easier uh, from a pedestrian standpoint to go to Cannesburg from the downtown area um, and, and get over broad. Ultimately, I think uh, what we would like to see and whether it you know, comes to fruition depends on some development on the other side, but uh, maybe even a pedestrian walkway over Broad Street to, to take people into that area uh, once it develops. Um, you know, Cannonsburg is a great amenity and uh, something that we'd like to draw more and more people to. Uh, so we want to make it where you can park in the downtown area, park in the garages, uh, experience downtown and uh, the businesses there, and then uh, walk over and have the cultural experience that you can have at, uh, at Cannonsburg and make that as, as easy as possible. Here's another question. It says, what is going to happen with the land where the old hospital was? Why does it just have a big fence around it now? 
That's a question for MTSU. Uh, they actually own that land. They, they purchased that land uh, quite some time ago. Uh, they've had, uh, I know some, we, we've had some discussions with them uh, a few months back about a particular uh, type of development going in there, just po- very preliminary, um, and, and that didn't result in, in what was being discussed. But um, um, it, uh, it's in their long-term planning. And uh, we uh, always try and engage with them to uh, give them ideas and uh, help them with planning, which is something we do as a, on a regular basis that they don't always do, although they have great people over there. They're obviously very smart, and, uh, and they can uh, uh, do a lot of great things over there. And it's really uh, uh, based on their needs and, and what they feel like they want to do with that, uh, with that parcel. It's sort of a future mm-hmm. uh, ex- expansion area for them. Right. You can't always, you know, ha- move when you want to, so you have to plan in advance when it's, it's something large like that. Exactly, yeah. Our phone number, 615-893-1450. We're talking about the city of Murfreesboro. And a question from uh, another listener. They're wondering about taxes. With Nashville taxes going up possibly 30%, is that going to impact us here? Are we going to need to increase our taxes? Well, right now, as I said before, with respect to the budget, we're, we're going to wait and see what happens in September, October. I don't anticipate that we would uh, need to adjust our taxes, if people will recall, and I'm sure that a lot of people do. We did adjust our property tax for the first time in 20 years. Um, was it last year? I believe it was. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. last year. Um, and so... Uh, I don't anticipate that we'll we'll need to do that. Uh, it's certainly not to that extent in the future years. Um, but uh, as we go forward and grow as a city and have the needs that we have, uh, I think some adjustment in in property taxes, a much smaller adjustment in property taxes going forward, is is uh, probably something that's that's in the future. Um, sales tax, we don't we, you know we we don't have the ability to change that uh, at all from what the current level, so I don't anticipate that there would be any change in in that tax rate. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Craig Tindall. Yeah, that uh, intersection down there, y'all were talking about it, Cannonsburg area, mm-hmm. when it goes up to town. Right. <laughs> well, there's a, that needs to be one way coming out there. You shouldn't be able to turn left like you're going up town. That's ridiculous to turn left across two lanes of traffic. I've seen numerous accidents right there. And what is so funny, right down there at the Dodge store, there's a red light with a turning lane on it where you can turn and go up to the same place you're going to go anyway. And I've seen people stop and try to wave people across two lanes, and here comes somebody the other way. And there's a, I've seen them on their top, on their side, and everywhere down there. So I'll hang up and listen and see if uh, any uh, plans to maybe uh, correct that. Okay. Thank you for calling. But there are. Uh, there are plans to address Front Street uh, and to um, make sure that, that that intersection is as, as safe as possible. Uh, as traffic increases over there, sometimes you have to redesign a, an intersection, and that's certainly one that uh, is subject to redesign, as I said, not just from a traffic standpoint, but from a pedestrian standpoint, to, to draw people over into that area. And that's, that, that'll be an important part of the redevelopment of that area, which you asked, 
asked about it earlier as well. Now, one thing he did mention casually uh, was making some of the streets one way. Mm -hmm. I know in a lot of cities, they use that one way streets one. uh, They do it alternately Mm -hmm. to control the traffic. Uh, we do have traffic that needs controlling. <laughs> <laughs> we do have traffic. Uh, in in highly urbanized areas where it's very hard to in, to improve your infrastructure. So, in short, what that means is widen roadways and take out buildings <laughs> or take out yards. Um, it, it One of the alternatives to, to that is, uh, is a one-way street so you can improve the traffic flow. Uh, and um, that's something that uh, our traffic engineers are continually looking at. Um, I'm not sure... We're at that point yet. Um, there's there's a lot that goes into that. Um, there are always individuals or businesses on uh, a street that would prefer the traffic to go the other way than the way that you would suggest that it would would flow the best. So uh, there'd be have to be a lot of community involvement in that and uh, period of planning and, and discussion before we really implement a um, a network of one way streets that would would improve, improve traffic flow. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be back. Take some more calls. Craig Tyndall is with us, the Murfreesboro City Manager. If you have a question for Craig, call quickly because we only have about uh, seven or eight minutes left in the broadcast. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Well, at Fair Construction, if your house has a fire or if you have some type of smoke damage for forgetting to take something off the stove, our experts can help you get the odor out of your house, get everything cleaned and and painted back to its original condition. That's Fair Construction Company. We are a local company, as we've said, and we care about you, and we want to make sure things are right when we leave your house. We can also help with any frozen pipes. That's Fair Construction Company. If only I could spend my whole paycheck on new tires. Said no one ever. Which is why Bud's Tire Pros makes buying Michelin tires simpler. Allison Mitchell at Bud's Tire Pros says that they offer a straightforward approach to service, and they include a nationwide warranty with every purchase. We're your one-stop shop for all your automotive needs, including alignments, oil changes, brake service, engine repair, and much more. Stop by today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Tire Pros, hassle-free guaranteed. Visit BudsTireProsTN.com. Few scattered showers and storms this afternoon with partial sunshine developing in a high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the southwest around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. The Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays from 1 to 4. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Welcome back. We're in the final minutes. Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Craig Tyndall. How are you today? I'm doing well, Mr. Walker. Uh, who owns a fairground out there, too? Uh, who owns a fairground out on Shovel Highway? Could the city 
that'd be a good thing to city buy if they know who is the owner of it. Okay, who who owns that land? Um, I forget the name of the family. It's a it's a it's a family that owns that, um, and they've held that for investment purposes. We actually did take uh, a look at that when the electric department a few years ago was looking for land for the new headquarters uh, that they uh, they really do need. Um, are they needed? They don't need it now because they'll, they, they'll, they'll merge with Middle Tennessee Electric. But um, so we we talked extensively with them, and they just had no interest whatsoever in selling that. They just hold it for an investment. So there you go. Thank you. Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. We have a question about the downtown overlay uh, that's in allowing for new development in the downtown uh, residential areas. Mm-hmm. How is that going and uh, how long do you think it'll be continued uh, to be ab- available? The overlay itself uh, will be there for a long period of time until you know council decides, decides to, to change. It's a, it's a part of our zoning uh, ordinance now. Uh, so there's no um, um, expiration date on that and so long as it's, it's assisting with the development of our downtown redevelopment of our downtown area, um, I'm sure it'll be in effect. Now, could it change over years to improve development or address whatever changes are coming in development? Certainly, that's that would be part of the process. But uh, right now, it's it's it seems to be going well. There's there's we've had um, most recently we've had two projects come in for uh, redevelopment of of the downtown area and they're very nice projects that look like there was a substantial amount of, of uh, both effort and, and funds being put into that to, to improve our downtown area so um, I think that uh, it was a real positive change and um, I, I, our assistant city manager uh, 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 Gary Whitaker and our planning uh, department uh, did a lot of work on that a lot of thinking into to how that um, would help our development community. So that was an important important step for the city. And the listener follows up with another question. They said that they lost uh, their home in a fire several years ago, and they wanted to rebuild and wanted to have a, a section that they could rent out, but they were not able to do that, that the laws at that time said they had to build back as a single-family dwelling, even though they had had apartment spaces available earlier. Uh, and they're wondering, is there anything they can do that would, uh, they don't have the extra cash right now, they're saying, but uh, what, <laughs> that's the way that goes sometimes. Yeah, well, it, yeah, your development depends quite a bit on, on what the uh, zoning laws are at the time when you're developing, and that's that's the, the best that the, the city can do. We do anticipate uh, as much as we possibly can what's going to happen in the future and what the, where, the, where the community really wants to take. To, for example, revitalize an area. Where, do, what, what does that want? To, what does the community want that to look like in the future? And so, uh, put a lot of effort into that from the zoning laws. But sometimes it does. It isn't always compatible with what uh, one specific developer wants to do for, for their project. And so we run into that sometimes. And we'll, what we have to explain is, you know, the law has been passed, and this is what the zoning is on the property, and this is why it is, and this is why it makes sense in this area. It uh, doesn't, doesn't always line up with uh, somebody else's vision, but, uh, um, again, we try and do what uh, we feel is the best for the community. As far as uh, the next major areas of development, is the Blackman community still the number one growth area? 
seems to be uh, from a residential standpoint uh, still growing quite a bit in in that area um, you know there's there's areas of commercial development of course we still want to uh, look for the industrial type of development that would go down south around the uh, Joby Jackson area and in, in that area uh, the interstate uh, there um, it offers a lot of opportunity um, Rutherford Boulevard um, and just off of um, Broad Street and around in that area is, is another area for uh, for development. Um, and uh, but but from a residential standpoint, uh, Blackman community is probably the the fastest growing uh, from the city standpoint and annexation standpoint. We have time for one more text question that we'll try to squeeze in. This person is referring to your earlier statement of that the closing for Middle Tennessee Electric and Murfreesboro Electric would be today and that you would be getting some money at the closing, and they're asking how much would the city be getting? Uh, they, we just changed the number recently. It's about, in round numbers, about uh, $38 million, uh, and then there's a period of adjustment over the next 30 days, and that has to do with some of the accounting and closing out uh, accounts here and there. Um, and so that that's the that's the closing amount, and then it's about seventeen three seventeen million three hundred thousand dollars uh, over the next fifteen years. All righty, that's going to do it for our program today. And uh, we have people still calling and trying to text us, but we are flat out of time this morning. We want to thank you for joining us, and thank you to Craig Tyndall, our city manager, for taking time to be with us today. Craig, thanks again. You bet. Stay with us. Much more to come. Truman is next right here on your good neighbor station, WGNS. Hey, have a great day. The GNS and our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. WTNS, AM, FM, and online.